Before we begin, a reminder that nothing on this podcast is intended as a statement of faith, doctrine, or fellowship, and this podcast is not affiliated with any church, school, or calling body. Welcome to the Gird Up Podcast. My name is Charlie Ungemach, and we're glad that you're here. I'll be joined in just a moment by this week's guest, but before that, I want to say thank you to all those who help support the Gird Up Project. All of our content here at Gird Up is available free to anyone, anywhere in the world who might benefit from our message, and we want to keep it that way, but we rely upon the contributions of our listeners in order to do so. You will never see any paywalls or exclusive content here at Gird Up. That being said, it does cost money to put a show like this together, so if you find what we're doing here valuable and you're willing and able to do so, please go to www.girdupministries.com, click on the menu, and select Buy Us a Cup of Coffee. That $5 donation goes a long way towards keeping this podcast going, and it helps us reach other men just like you. God's blessings, fellas. Enjoy the show. All right, fellas, the following interview was recorded at the Beats for Heartbeats Music Festival at the Jefferson County Fairgrounds in West Bend, Wisconsin on September 17th, 2022. Heartbeats Inc. was established as a nonprofit organization in 2020, but fundraising efforts in the form of an event, Beats for Heartbeats, began in 2019. The mission of Beats for Heartbeats and Heartbeats Inc. is to celebrate the value of every human life through the power of Christ. And this, of course, is accomplished by acting as a conduit to provide support through awareness and fundraising for organizations that aggressively focus their efforts on benefiting abundant life for the most vulnerable. That includes pro-life and pregnancy counseling, foster care and adoption services, combating human sex trafficking, and depression counseling and suicide and euthanasia prevention. If you missed the event, but you would still like to contribute to the Beats for Heartbeats mission, you can donate at www.beatsforheartbeats.com forward slash sponsors. I'll include a link to that uh, Beats for Heartbeats website in the episode description below. Now, while we were there, we had the opportunity to sit down with several of the organizations that are supported by Heartbeats, Inc., and had some awesome chats with them, and you're about to hear one of those conversations right now. We were recording outside on a very windy day, so forgive some of our windiness and background noise and things, but it's a great conversation, absolutely worth a listen. We're going to get into it right now, and remember, we have put links to their website and their social media down in the description below. So we're sitting here with the ladies from Seed of Hope. We've got Robin and Laura. How are you guys doing today? Great. Great. And we got Gustav on the other end of the table here yep. too. Here I am. Um, so first, why don't you guys just tell us what your organization does? So uh, you, you work with Seed of Hope. Um, what is Seed of Hope and what do you guys do? Okay. So Seed of Hope Center is a medical pregnancy resource center. Um, we provide all of our services are for free. Um, we provide the medical services that we provide are free pregnancy test, ultrasound, prenatal vitamins, um, STI testing, and treatment. Uh, and then we also have a wide variety of different services that we offer. So part of my job at the center is kind of meeting with every single woman that comes in the door. And sometimes the men come as well, which is fantastic. But we sit down with them. I do a care plan 
kind of go through what services are they in need of. So obviously the first we're trying to see if there's medical services that they need. And then from there, sitting down and really listening to everything that's going on in her life, we're able to also see if she's interested in educational services, which we have what's called Bright Course classes, and we pair them up with a client advocate. Bright Course? Like Bright Course. Okay. That's the, uh, the name of the um, classes that we use. Uh, we set them up with a client advocate, and that client advocate meets with them and comes up with a care plan for, obviously, we want to help them throughout their, their pregnancy, and then we also want to come alongside them for a year after that pregnancy to really uh, just pour into them and build up their confidence as a mom and let them know that they've got it and make sure that, you know, we're meeting them right where they're at. Yeah, um, so on the backside after, <laughs> after, uh, after the baby is born, what does that support look like? Okay, so kind of along the lines that I also told you, but also part of that care plan, just so I don't get too far ahead. Um, we also are looking at, you know, once they're sharing their whole story, there may be things that have happened in their past, whether they've had pregnancy loss, if there's been miscarriage, abortion. Um, we're able to offer, we have post-abortive services um, that we do, and for miscarriage support. So also want to kind of touch on that we were able to provide some services in those right. areas as well yeah and there are a lot of those like counseling services and things like that or so that's a great question um what we do have is trained staff that's gone through certain things that we do we've done rachel's vineyard retreats for 14 years we're going on now um, that's for a weekend and then we offer some other studies that um, advocates have gone through training to be able to provide um, yeah. yeah. So. What is what is Rachel's Vineyard? Rachel's Vineyard, the post-abortive service, is just it, it, an opportunity, um, a unique opportunity for women. Right now, we do uh, retreats for women, men. We encourage to reach out because there are um, some that do it, and I know that we are looking to do that in our future. Uh, but they're able to go away for that weekend. They come on a Friday and they really work through. It's biblically based. There's um, just a, a beautiful opportunity to come in broken and by the time they they leave on Sunday they're just transformed it's yeah. just an opportunity to kind of get away from the noise and and work through something that most of them have reached out and either regret or um, for, for a lot of different reasons um, they're ready to walk through and have this opportunity to forgive themselves and move forward. Yeah. And that's one thing I was going to ask you is how do you identify the people that you're helping? Like, do they often come to you? How do you reach them? Like, how do you, how do you figure out who you, like, how do the, how do you get connected with the people you're helping? Okay. That too. Great question. The most obvious is the website, you know, word of mouth, friends, um, social media, when you you know utilized in a good way it's a great asset um i would say gosh more so we have a huge support in the community the churches and the individuals that support seat of hope center is unbelievable um we're celebrating 30 years of service in washington county this year at our uh, dinner auction and we're just so thrilled that it's such a blessing to have a community that if we reach out to anybody, they are, what can we do? What do you need? And I don't know, just the support that we get from the community, I think is what really um, keeps everything going. And um, 
obviously by that word of mouth, people just hear about us that way. We moved to a new location, which is fantastic. The visible, uh, the visibility in downtown West Bend is really great. We love being where we're able to allow the clients to take the tax or use the taxi service or shared ride taxi. Um, that we're able to pay for them to be able to come and get back home um, to be able to use the services as well. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I think also if I could say that um, part of reaching out to the women who need us is um, really something with uh, some of the changes that have recently occurred is something that we're really um, going to be focusing on. You'll hear a lot about it at our upcoming dinner. Um, we're going to be really looking at education. Um, really letting people know what the abortion pill is, how it works, and the dangers, um, and some of the new changes, and how um, frightening that really is to women and their, you know, uh, and their baby, obviously. And um, so a big push that we're going to be having is education. And so you'll see a lot of new changes to our website and some of our marketing materials and um, we're hoping to reach um, the woman who is and men that are um, searching and looking for help at this time. Yeah, and that, that's something we wanted to kind of talk about too is obviously a lot of things have changed with Roe v. Wade going, Roe v. Wade going away. And it obviously hasn't stopped abortion from happening completely, um, but they say it's back in the hands of the states. And so there's a lot of kind of battle going on right now as to what the laws are going to be and how it looks in the future. How has that impacted the work that you guys do? And you kind of touched on it a little bit, but specifically, like how has that, like how have things changed in the last year or so? So I think, you know, just trying to get our volunteers and staff to recognize we're just doing what we've been doing all along. Just really want to, like Laura said, the education part is super key because it doesn't mean it just went away. They're trying different things and different ways to access certain things. And it, it's just hopefully helping us to be on the offense instead of the defense with most of that and just really equipping the women to understand if they're, you know, taking certain things um, and not prescribed by, you know, in person from a medical physician. We really want them to be educated in that area. So what it kind of sounds like you're saying is that the the pill is becoming more popular now that abortion and like as we think of it more traditionally is is becoming less accessible is that accurate um yeah if if i can answer that please do <laughs> so yeah. i think that um it's currently being marketed as a do-it-yourself or an at-home abortion um due to some of the regulations that were lifted during covid you no longer need uh, to see a doctor to have a preg pregnancy test or to have an ultrasound. You can do a telehealth appointment and be prescribed these abortion pills. And it really doesn't matter what state you're in um, because there's mobile vans that are being set up on the borders of the states where uh, it currently is banned. Um, we are also uh, just have heard reports of other countries um, getting them two individuals through the mail and so um, like sending them in to the states by the like mail. you could amazon okay. them like i i we have heard um and that it is being done that way in okay. different ways yeah that's messed up yep 
So the important part for us is that we need them to understand that it's really important to get a pregnancy test and an ultrasound because they more than ever need to be sure that they are pregnant and that it's not an ectopic pregnancy because if they do take any of those pills and it's an ectopic pregnancy, they might not understand what, you know, the damage that they are potentially doing and long-term damage that they'll be doing to their bodies. So it's really important. Can I ask what that damage yeah. is? So some of the damage, if it's an ectopic pregnancy and she thinks that sorry. she's... Can you even define that? Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. Oh, sorry. What is an That's a really good question. <laughs> so um, what, we, what I can tell you that we do with our ultrasound is we're answering three questions. One is, uh, am I pregnant? Number two is how far along am I? And then the third question is, is the pregnancy viable? And by viable, we mean is the pregnancy inside the uterus where it needs to be? So it's been implanted and everything. Yes, correct. And if it is anywhere outside of the uterus or in the fallopian tube, it's considered an ectopic pregnancy. Right. So remember, you're talking to a couple of dudes Sorry. that don't have kids, <laughs> yeah. and, and our audience generally is, is a younger group too. So um, will a woman test, like, pregnant, if she takes pregnancy tests, will it test positive even though if, even if, like, the egg isn't implanted in the wall of the uterus and things like that, they'll still she test positive? She could. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. And mm-hmm. that's an ectopic pregnancy then? Well, so if will, it's not... Um, if it's not in the uterus. Okay. So the, an ectopic pregnancy, she would naturally have a miscarriage. If she doesn't have a natural miscarriage, that would be the importance of her seeing her doctor to be sure. Got it. Okay. So Because it is a life-threatening. Yes. Oh, okay. So with these pills, do they essentially like induce a miscarriage kind of thing? And so if there's not an egg in there, it's just ravaging their yeah, body what essentially? Happens? Like what happens there, I guess? That is a very loaded we question. Maybe you should have paid better attention to biology class, so too. But yeah. <laughs> no, it's a we really good explain, question. We do want to oh, explain yeah. exactly how this works, if that's okay. Yeah, yeah go ahead. Yeah. All right. So um, I'm going to let Robin get her out. information here because <laughs> we want to be extremely accurate. Um, but what I can say is that the abortion pill does not end an ectopic pregnancy. Okay. Okay. So you could still end up... There could be a rupture, and it's a life-threatening okay. situation okay. for the mother. Gotcha. Yes. All right. <laughs> it's pretty. I just want to make sure that I say it properly. Forgive me ahead of time if I mispronounce anything, but the abortion pill, which is Mifeprex or Mifepristone or RU486, uses two drugs. And it's approved by the Food and Drug Administration uh, for use in women up to 70 days or 10 weeks after their last menstrual period. However, it is used off-label beyond 10 weeks. It is the most common form of medical abortion. How does it work? Do you want me to go on? Um, (laughs) It blocks the effect of the hormone progesterone, which is necessary for the continuation of pregnancy. The embryo's connection with the uterus is lost, eventually causing his or her death over the course of days in most cases. The FDA-approved procedure requires a single office visit. Other visits are up to the abortion provider's discretion. Now that's the piece that, since COVID, has been lifted, just so that I'm... So there's no medical oversight? No. And there should be? 
I mean, you shouldn't absolutely. be using it. There with, absolutely right. should be yeah. medical. Um, and just curious, so the language mm-hmm. in there, it said his or her life. So what is, are the there baby. guys that are? Oh, the baby. Referring okay, to the sorry. baby. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was, I'm sorry. I was no, a little that's confused good. there. Didn't know if guys were taking them <laughs> because they're delusional or something. <laughs> 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 that's a whole different conversation. So you guys can yeah, take we'll her out with else. somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> it would probably also be dangerous if a guy was taking it. Yeah. <laughs> Your pregnancy might not work out. Oh, no. <laughs> right? <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Anyway, moving on. Moving on. Yeah. So basically, the first pill that you take ends the life of the baby um, by uh, restricting food, mm-hmm. uh, nourishment, and what helps the baby grow. And then the second set of pills um, that are taken causes the woman's body to expel. labor and okay. expel the embryo pregnancy. or fetus. And that's the most uh, uh, popular, I guess way to go if that's I would assume probably the most accessible, accessible. And the, just with okay. everything that is going on um, and because they can mm-hmm. you know order it online or you know through different avenues legal or not I mean it's accessible to, to a lot right. of them okay um, but you know unfortunately with that second pill though the cramping can be severe and I think that the way that some of these women are, are being coached or told is if they have any complications with that second pill, which creates severe cramping, severe bleeding, and if it's excessive, they're advised to go to the emergency room and tell them that they're having a miscarriage. Um, hmm. So and not to tell them that they took the pill. Correct. Correct. And the reasoning for that? <laughs> If you want me to be honest. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Uh, Okay. So I think it's just another way to mislead, um, put a veil over the real problems and the real danger of the abortion pill. And um, right now, they're statistically saying that the abortion pill is low risk, that there's not many side effects. But if we're going into the emergency room and saying that it's a miscarriage, there's no reporting of the dangers Uh, of this pill. Oh, my goodness. The, The increase in the amount of... Um, right now in Wisconsin, you cannot get a surgical abortion. So okay. everyone's turning to the medical abortion, which is the abortion pill. Yeah. Right. Okay. And it's not even just one um, group anymore. Mm-hmm. There are businesses popping up online, um, just the pill, you know, get them here. I mean, just strictly for that. So it, it's it's all over. Yeah. So uh, surgical abortion in Wisconsin ended when Roe v. Wade was overturned? Yes. Okay. And I've heard that there's kind of, that states such as Illinois that have, that it, where it's still legal are now, it's almost like a booming industry. Is that accurate to say that? Or do um, you know? Maybe? Yeah, that, I mean, that's what we um, have with our, with a marketing company. These are the statistics that we're hearing. Yes. Okay. So um, Vitae Foundation has, they're coming out with a new um, research on the abortion pill. I, I'm not sure when that will be out very soon, but that, those are some of the reports that we're hearing now. Yeah. So I think it was like a month ago, we read a news article that was talking about how uh, like uh, almost like pit stops on the side of the road, like, yeah, like interstate pit stops in between. I think it was Planned Parenthood was planning down in Southern Illinois somewhere. Like where you could basically yeah. just have a easy access drive to the other state that it's legal in and go and get an abortion so is that happening like in compare compared to the pill situation is this like 
just I don't know. I guess which is happening more frequently. I guess. Would you say? I you know I think that there's just so much stuff that's been going on for so long, and the real truth of it is is that. A woman is making a decision about an abortion a lot of times just out of fear. She thinks, you know, trying to get it taken care of quickly, um, that she will do anything to relieve what, you know, what she perceives as her crisis in the moment. So, you know, unfortunately, they're trying to make it as quick and as accessible as they possibly can. That's why, you know, I pray that they're able to reach out to us because they have time and we really want to be able to have the opportunity to get them to slow down and really hear everything. I'm like, you don't go have any kind of surgery without asking your doctor questions. You, you know, it's an invasive procedure no matter what, whether it's, you know, taking some pills, which now they've pretty much kind of just said, oh, you know, that's not a big deal. You'll just expel the, the clumps of cell, what they're talking about. Well, these girls aren't prepared that when they take these pills, they're actually seeing body parts. They're actually seeing the baby. Oh, and the oh trauma goodness. that's coming from them actually now seeing that is so different than the the surgical procedure both are just awful but now these these girls are actually witnessing that oh my gosh this was not just a clump of cells it actually was a baby correct Mm -hmm. and so when you look at a surgical abortion it was uh twilight anesthesia um a person there who's taking away um the products of conception which is all the wording that is used Mm -hmm. and now with the do it at home yes it's it's an immediate they're doing it at home they're doing it in secret they're not telling anybody they're um and it's marketed to them in uh, a very untruthful way yeah well and and as soon as you said that what i then pictured in my is like somebody like literally in a bathroom alone somewhere yes and there's nobody even to support like on emotional and And spiritual support yeah. side, too. There's nobody even there to, well, to recognize that there's a need. And you think about it. Like, a friend of mine, him and his wife have been trying to have a kid. Mm-hmm. And the kind of mental stuff that she goes, she went through, she had a miscarriage as well. And it's like that similar kind of just seeing how much mm-hmm. that hurts when it's not an abortion, even right. when it is a miscarriage. Like, I can't imagine that'd be. It's very traumatic. Well, it's got to be a yeah. similar And then if they've told yeah. nobody. You know, mm. a lot of them are really scared to get any help. Um, yeah, it's you know, be so it's life-threatening yeah. for sure. Then. So your earlier you said that a lot of times they see this as a crisis. So can you help maybe take us into the mind of a young woman who's making a decision like this a little bit? Um, why do they see it as a crisis? What's going on in their minds? Like, I, obviously, I think there's, there's the obvious answers, um, but it's not. I mean, it's not something I'm ever gonna experience. So what? Yeah, what is going on? In right. The, I think, you know, just personally meeting with clients over the years, you know, obviously fear fear can be very different for everybody. That You know, everybody's story is very unique. Um, it's different. So really getting an opportunity for her to let me know, you know, kind of unfold what's going on around everything. And, you know, crisis, was it a planned pregnancy? Was it a forced pregnancy? Was it, you know, out of rape? Or was it, um, you know, I'm, I have a plan. I want to go to college. I'm in school. Um, my parents are going to kill me. Uh, you know, I, they're going to kick me out of the house when they find out. There's so many things going on. So really getting that opportunity for her to voice all of those fears 
and really, you know, kind of help her navigate through all of that and, you know, tell me what that looks like. Okay. Um, you know, I don't know, just listen, yeah. really listening to the details of what that is and then helping her kind of talk that out loud and walk through it. I, I think if I could say something too of that is the fear is a huge piece and they're seeing so many different things going on in their life that by the time when they come to the center and take the time to sit down and share all of that information with somebody uh, who is Robin that they're sharing it with and really open up their story nine times out of ten they may have come in the door saying I have no other choice I have to do this and just in complete fear but after spending that time to talk uh, get a consultation from our nurse, have that pregnancy test, take the ultrasound, have the ultrasound, um, talk with Robin about all of the services that we mentioned that we can offer. And nine times out of 10, we're seeing that that is not at all what she wanted to do. Right. Um, and many times we're fortunate for um, the father of the baby to come in and we're reaching out to him as well and sharing all this information. Some of those bright core classes bright course classes that we were talking about there's over 200 of those classes and they reach every topic from parenting and life skills um, we are a christ-centered uh, pregnancy center and so we are offering um, spiritual help to people that are really struggling with things from their past or they're currently struggling with and when someone takes the time to go through those things and heal and see that uh, it is possible um, we are really trying to give them a vision for their future and show them how valuable that they are and how um, maybe they can't get to where they wanted to go according to the plan that they thought, but we help them navigate through that and find a different way to also reach the goals that are important to them. Right. So what I'm kind of hearing you say is it's more like the the, the moment momentousness I don't know that is, is that a word it's, no. it's the sheer no, it's, it's the sheer size of the life change that's about to happen maybe yeah. is is part is maybe predominantly monumentous monumentous um, yeah it's a monumentous yep. change um, and it is a very much a change in lifestyle and a change of your of what you kind of are picturing of your future right um, and so one of the things well, the service that you're offering really is that you're talking about is kind of helping her see that Maybe this isn't the end of life as you know it or something like that. Is that Would that be an appropriate way to kind of say that? I think that it can be that. That's a piece of it. But also, we want to be the ones that give her truthful information. Mm -hmm. And to be able to have her understand everything that's going on. So we want to talk to her about, you know, if she's considering abortion, you know, how far along is she? What stage is she at? Really talk that through and let her know you know, the truth of what would need to take place, but in a loving way. And then also, did you ever think about, do you ever consider adoption? And just sit down with somebody and just listen to them. It's not that you have to make all these decisions right now, but just hear out everything, hear all of the truthful information so you can make a really well-informed decision, no matter what it is, because to be honest, every single thing that from that moment forward is going to be a life-changing choice it's every every choice is hard no matter what they all have consequences and they're all difficult choices no matter what she decides to do um, but with the truthful information she can feel really good about making a well-informed decision some of them might leave and they still have that mindset and then the best thing we can do is pray for them 
and and hope that you know the right people come to them and really um, come alongside them and support them yeah I, I if we can love them well enough that if they still choose to have an abortion that they when uh, at some point in their life when they're grieving and regretting that decision that they would come back um, yeah. and we again can offer mm-hmm. hope and healing to them um, that's what it's, love does. It's hard. It's hard, <laughs> and sad. I believe it. Very sad. And but um, we do want to love them well enough that we, um, with compassion and offering that hope, that if they still choose that path, yeah, like I said, that our door is open um, when they're facing that regret or grief. Have uh, you ever had to come like head to head with uh, an abortion doctor and a like? I guess the question I'm wondering is how often is it that you have women that come in and they're like consulting with you and then some other service and like she's a, getting another voice in there. Yeah. Or like, like have that, you yeah. ever had to kind of fight the battle that way? I guess. I think that every single woman that we encounter is definitely abortion vulnerable. We can't ever assume that there's somebody outside, you know, that that voice is coming at her telling her it would be the better decision for her for whatever reason if it's a boyfriend or a parent or some depending upon which voice she's listening to um you know as far as coming head to head with that conversation yes there is that but like i said we we approach it the same way i want to hear her, what's going on really get to talk about it and then again give her all the truthful information that we can so that she can't we've we've encountered so many women through our post-abortive services who have said if I had only known I didn't know so you know that they're a lot of times are not giving all the information or truthful information or it's given in such a way that it's it's misleading that it is just a clump of cells it's not just a clump of cells it you know I love the, um, the the picture of, you know, that seed is planted and that heartbeat is already beating within 22 days after that. And what it is, is it's like a Polaroid picture that's coming into life. It's, it's always been a baby. It's always been the baby. It's just, it, it's taking the time to develop. So to tell them that it's not a baby from the beginning, right there is the lie. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. Um, We have definitely had um, to advocate for women who feel pressured by um, maybe the father, um, by a parent. Sometimes they are under 18 and they feel like they don't have a say because they're living at home and with a parent. And we definitely have resources so we can um, send we have a lot of stuff we can do yeah <laughs> and we're sending it right to the place where she is feeling that she's being forced to go yeah. to have that abortion we've definitely done that in the past and said hey you know we're we're here a hundred percent of the way and just so everybody knows we know what's going on and yeah. you can't continue this and so we've definitely been able to step up for um uh mother and father um that felt that they didn't have a choice um, and we're being forced into into an abortion. Yeah. Well, I want to do a little bit of myth-busting here then. So you've said <laughs> a couple of times, you've said a couple of times, um, you've talked about fathers being involved. Mm-hmm. So it, one of the, maybe, uh, I'm trying to think of the right word, one of the, not storylines, I'm trying to th- 
what's the right word? Um, I'm, what? Uh, what? One of the narratives. <laughs> oh, there Welcome you go. back. Yeah. One of the narratives. Um, one of the narratives you will often. <laughs> it's okay. I'm you so can sorry. laugh at Gus if you want. You yeah, go ahead and laugh at me. It's fine. Yeah. Well, we usually just look at Connor and laugh. But yeah. yeah. He's got a great beard, by the way. Does yeah, he not? What do you, what yeah. do you He's a handsome beard. guy. What do you think of Connor's beard? I like it. Yeah. There we go. Coming there into fall. Yeah. Who good? looks more like a rabbi, Connor or me? I Connor. think so too. Yeah. I, well, he should just go by rabbi. I think he actually does in our Hellenistic Greek class. <laughs> our <laughs> professor <laughs> calls him rabbi. Awesome, awesome. Dad Shout out to Dan Balgi too. Yeah, Dan Balgi. <laughs> All right, so uh, do a little myth busting now. So one okay. of the one of the narratives you'll often hear is that um, the men are forcing the women to get abortions. Mm-hmm. Is that something you often encounter? We have encountered it, um, but it's. I don't think it's the majority of what is happening. Um, I think, okay, so many times I think that what the women are hearing is it's your choice. I'll support you no matter what you decide to do. Um, So maybe that is a way of not being involved. But um, what we try to say to the fathers is that you do have a voice. And this is absolutely um, something that you need to be involved in and we like to share um, the information with them as much as those who will, that will come in and listen we love to share the information with them as well because what we've also found in Rachel's Vineyard is that if the father of the baby was supportive of me I would never have had an abortion and mm-hmm. we hear that a lot um, we do have a fatherhood program through the bright course classes and um, we are definitely wanting a man to lead that for us at the center. So those are things that we we have the resources. We just need the people at this time. Um, but if they're wanting to come to the parenting classes and finding out everything about the pregnancy and um, what's going on with the baby, what's going on with mom, those are everything that we invite them to come and join join for. Yeah. All right. So to follow up on that one, then um, one on the conservative side of things, a lot of times in the political conversation, you'll hear um, people talking about the idea that there's men who don't want to abort the child and the child's getting aborted anyway. Is that something you guys have experienced? Yes, um, we have. So like Robin, Robin and I both have been at Seed Hope for 21 years and we've been doing the Rachel's Vineyard post-abortive healing for 14, 15 years. And we have most definitely had men call us um, looking for healing because they were in that exact situation, felt like their hands were tied, that there was nothing that they could do, that she chose to have an abortion anyway, um, no matter uh, what he said to her or or wanted to do. We have been, um, (laughs) sorry, (laughs) getting a little emotional. We have, uh, there was a time where we were texting a young man that was, his, he was in um, the lobby waiting, uh, didn't have a choice, and we were praying for him at that time. And um, so, yeah, we've definitely encountered um, some of those situations, and they are very tough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in, in the, again, in the political world, quite often you will hear basically the idea that um, it's a woman's right to choose, and so men should pretty much butt out of that conversation. Um, what do you have to say? that I think that's further than the truth and to be honest it just is exhausting (laughs) to hear you know my body my choice Um, 
it's not just their body that they're, you know, there's two uh, when there's a baby. And, you know, for the father to not be able to have a voice in that is really difficult. Uh, because a lot of times I think the father sometimes, maybe he, he just says he, he'll, he'll support her in whatever way, whatever she decides to do. Because most of the time, he's just as scared as she is. So, you know, he's got questions and different concerns than she does. Obviously, it affects her physically. But, you know, for for a guy, you know, it's just different. Um, so. He absolutely... <laughs> Sorry. He absolutely we're has just, a... We're doing a little wind control here. That's right. All. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. He absolutely has a choice. And we definitely see that it uh, makes a big difference in how she feels about the pregnancy, how um, she is willing to sit down and listen to all of her options of parenting and adoption and uh, marriage uh, or co-parenting, you know, just all of the things that we can talk to both of them about. So if he, if he is willing to uh, take the time to do that, it's, it's a huge difference. Yeah. 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 Gus, you got a follow-up on that? do not right now. My yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no problem. No problem at all. Okay. So one of the things that we talked about in the car on the way out here yesterday, and something that we, so I, I'm a, I was a, a teacher uh, in inner city Milwaukee for six years, and now I'm studying to be a pastor up at, up at MLC. Um, and Gus and Connor are both uh, MLC guys too, all yep. both studying to be pastors. So uh, one of the things in the Christian education world that we're in that gets often uh, talked about yes. is yeah. the idea that the best way to combat um, abortion and unwanted pregnancies and things like that is appropriate sex ed on the forefront, particularly in Christian communities. Yeah. The idea being right now it's a taboo hush hush conversation. And if mm -hmm. we really had conversations about um, both the pregnancy side of things and like and, and that that end of things and what uh, if we instead of saying just blanket abortion is bad, we don't even need to talk about it. Um, and then on the other side too, saying you know sex is bad until you get married, and then it's really good. And then not having any other conversation about it leaves so many questions and so many open doors, um, and so ma so much space to be filled in by the world. Um, that that's one of the issues that uh, if we could if we could work on that end of of the. I don't know, if we could start there, then we wouldn't face as many issues like that. And then it, even in the in the uh, you know in the public schools and things like that, with better sex education, we then could avoid some of these issues later on the line. Uh, I'm just curious to, to hear what you have to say about that. Yeah. My first I didn't reaction prep you for this is at all, no, obviously. you're so good because go that is a really great. I, I I love that because communication is key. Uh, to just avoid it, you know, and if the kids or parents really have questions, there has to be a safe place to have this conversation. And it has to be in a faith-filled, loving way because the kids are going to find answers. And that's definitely what the problem is. They're seeking their answers in all the wrong places. And if we're just telling them, don't do it, save it till you're married, what does that mean to somebody if they are in a a home that doesn't even get to witness or see what a healthy relationship looks like or a healthy marriage or a healthy family. So to them, that's just falling on dead ears. Um, so I think it absolutely is vital. It's necessary in order for anything to change, to educate them on 
the effects of abortion, what that really is, but like you said, to take it steps prior to that, that if we're talking about, you know, sex ed in, in a healthy way and the way that it was intended and the importance of that, you know, I, I don't know. We, <clears throat> excuse me, <laughs> one of the things that we are trying to do at the center by adding um, STD testing and full treatment at the center is that our nurses are really taking a look at healthy relationships. So many times people that are coming to the center are not married. Um, and so a part, a big part of that is if we, you're right, we need to reach them before it becomes a crisis, before they find out that they're pregnant. So our nurses do just an amazing job um, when someone comes in for a pregnancy test or someone's coming in for an STD test they're having this full healthy relationship conversation like what does your relationship look like and how can you back up now okay you almost had this if they're if they're getting a negative test you almost had this fear and what did your future what did you think your future was going to look like let's take a look at backtracking and um, looking at a healthy relationship and and looking at that sexual relationship and can that be um, can we look at abstinence and kind of resetting um, and you know I, I'm surprised Robin didn't share but we have been through um, quite a bit trying to definitely get that information out there by we used to hand flyers out in town and say come to the library and you know we'll tell we'll talk to you about healthy relationships. give you some pizza and some soda we'll yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah we'll give you pizza, pizza and soda pizza's the that's trick that's one way to make it <laughs> comfortable and probably the better <laughs> <laughs> we we would we want definitely want to have those conversations because um you're right if we can reach people before they're uh, facing uh, unplanned pregnancy mm -hmm. that would be ideal all right and so as we wrap Turn myself too far down. There we go. As we wrap up a little bit here, um, your your mom, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. And, and are you a mom? Too? Yes. Okay. So imagine like right now you have a captive audience of young men listening to this. So mm -hmm. um, if you were speaking to your son or to a young man that you knew, um, and you knew either one that they're in a they're unmarried, they're in a relationship, and they're sexually active, and or they found themselves in a position where they're considering either abortion or the pill or something um, to that end, what what what's your what? Yeah. What would you say? Gosh, that's a really good question. I think, you know, first of all, I would really want to just sit down and hear what's all going on and not freak out. That's fair. That's a fair answer. A little bit. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I, my personal experience is, and I know Robin can say the same thing, is that we've been having these conversations with them all along. Mm -hmm. um, I, I have had these conversations with, I have four children. I've had it the uh, conversation with them about abortion, about pregnancy, about um, sexual relationship outside of marriage ever since they were 12, maybe, maybe a little bit less. I'm not sure. can't remember. So when that crisis comes or when that situation comes they have already had all the foundation that I've shared with them and talked to them about and yes as a parent we have to pray and pray hard about these situations that we don't freak out or attack or but that we you know let God guide those conversations uh, in love and um, 
I just celebrated my daughter's wedding this last Saturday. Congratulations. Um, thank you. She has a 15-month-old boy. So um, she uh, came to us with that conversation. <laughs> and I will never forget what she said to me because I have prayed hard and did lay that foundation this whole time. And um, she looked at me and she said, you're handling this well. <laughs> and I, th I think what I replied to her was that I have prayed about this. I um, have um, asked God to help me as a parent be accepting and loving. And because that being angry um, and upset uh, about something that uh, has taken place, I think, is what is wrong with everything that these young men and women face when they're faced with an unplanned pregnancy is always looked at as um, just this terrible crisis. And babies really are a blessing. Um, and it might not come in the way that we see that we want it to, and it might not be that perfect plan, but to um, love them and have compassion and um, be willing to help them through that is the biggest, I think, the biggest piece that will help them not run to uh, somebody else, somebody that's not going to be truthful with them and love them, but is going to try to give them that quick answer. Um, so. Well, and that's got to be the norm in our circles, right? That's got to be what the social yes. norm becomes, is being the ones that are open and able to talk about that. Yes. So. Absolutely. All right, we are running out of time here, ladies. So if somebody <laughs> either is hoping to reach out to you guys for help, um, how, do they, how do they do so? Our website is the, not the, the website is seedofhopecenter.org. They can also call us at 262-338-1205. And I also just want to say that we have a um, annual dinner where you're going to hear so much more. You're going to hear from the young moms that have visited our center. It's November 13th right here at the Washington County Fair Park. Oh, that's a oh, beautiful really? spot for it, yeah. too. Yeah. Cool. And then if somebody would like to support your organization and help you guys uh, with that, how can they contact you? Same way? Same exact way, yes. Awesome. All right. Any last words before we before we go here? Gosh, thanks so much. That worked yeah, last thanks for your time. Yeah, <laughs> it was fun to sit down with you, too. <laughs> Thank you. You guys are fun. So, awesome. Uh, gentlemen? Uh, nope. what, what do I, I forget? Uh, what am I supposed to say? Go be the man that God. Thank you. Go be the man God created you to be. I'll <laughs> see you next time. <laughs> On behalf of all those involved in producing, recording, editing, and distributing this episode, thank you for listening to the Gird Up Podcast. If you'd like to contact us with comments, questions, or suggestions, you can reach out to us at any of the links in the description below or on our website. Please consider supporting the work of Gird Up Ministries by donating on Patreon, shopping at our online store, or making a $5 cup of coffee donation at www.girdupministries.com. Those donations help us make more great content just like this for young men just like you. Make sure you like, friend, follow, and subscribe to Gird Up and all of our guests on your social media platforms, and consider leaving a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to the Gird Up podcast so that others can find us and be blessed by our content too. As always, thanks for listening. Now go and be the man that God created you to be. We'll see you next time.